Good morning, Dorisville. There's a psalm that says, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Time change or not, I am glad to be in the house of the Lord today. If you want to go and take your Bibles, please, and turn to Luke chapter 18. We're going to be looking at verses number uh, 35 through 43. The sermon titles you see there is, I see, you see, I see, you see, and you'll understand that in just a moment. Well, back in 1820, a lady was born whose name was Fanny Crosby. Now, we know Fanny for another reason, but Fanny was born, and uh, when she was born, she was born like any normal child. And then something happened, and what happened was a doctor put some medicine in her eye, the wrong medicine, and blinded her for life. Everything would have said for her to grow up and be a bitter woman, but something happened to her. Something changed her. She met Jesus. And Jesus radically changed her life. And through that, she has touched the lives of literally millions of people through the many dozens of hymns that she wrote. Seventeen of her hymns are represented in our Baptist hymnal. Her song was kind of summed up in... The song, Blessed Assurance. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the days long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the days long. How could this be? Because of the radical changing power of Jesus Christ. There was another man. The Bible tells us from Mark chapter 10 that his name was Bartimaeus. And like Fanny Crosby, he was physically blind. And like Fanny Crosby, he met Jesus. And he never, never was the same. This morning we want to look at the story of a guy that I fondly call Bart. And we'll look at blind Bart and see how he met Jesus Christ as his Lord and as his Savior. Now, first thing, if you've got your sermon sheet, rip that thing out of the bulletin there so you can use it for the Scripture on there. And I hope you brought your Bibles today. We'll put it on the screens also. But let's look at Luke chapter 18, verse number 35 through 37, and let's see that Bart was blind, but he wasn't deaf. Bart was blind, but he wasn't deaf. Now, the Bible begins by saying this. As he, and you notice that capital H, that's Jesus Christ, as he drew near Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road. And first thing I want you to see is the contrast. We have he representing Jesus Christ, and we see a blind man sitting by the road. We have a man who could see from eternity past to eternity future, but we have a man physically who could not see. We have a man who was on his way, just weeks away, I'm sorry, just days away from the cross. We see a man going to die, and we see a man dying to go somewhere. We see a man who is called the author and the giver of life. And we see a man who's desperately needing life. You see, for Bartimaeus, his days consisted of either somehow struggling and finding a place by the roadside, sitting down and waiting for people to give him money to live on. He simply had no other life but that. 
And one day he was doing exactly that. And the Bible says this. Hearing, he wasn't deaf, hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired what this meant. It was unusual for such a large group of people to be going anywhere, and he wondered what caused all the commotion. So, he, again, he's on the ground. There's people all around him. And you'll see in just a moment the scripture indicates that. People all around him. He hears something that says, hey, hey, what's going on? Who, who, who's, who's going by? What's happening? And the people give him a response that is very telling. Here's what their response is. Jesus the Nazarene is passing by, they told him. Jesus the Nazarene is passing by. Now, now that answer is telling not because of what it says, but because of what it doesn't say. You see, Jesus the Nazarene was not a term for the Messiah. Uh, for instance, you might say... Um, Today, you say, um, my name, or where's Dwayne Taylor? Or you say, do you know Dwayne Taylor? And Dwayne is a, well, I was going to say Dwayne's a common name, but that's really not true. <laughs> At least not, a little more popular down south. But you, there are many Dwaynes you may know, okay? But when you put Dwayne Taylor, and maybe add of Harrisburg, Illinois, all of a sudden you have a picture of who they're talking about. When they said Jesus of Nazareth, that was simply a way of saying Jesus, who is from Nazareth. Now, Jesus was really quite a popular name, Lex, in those days. It wasn't a very, uh, a very special name back then. It actually translates to the name Joshua. Okay? Joshua would be the Hebrew equivalent of that. All right? So, so it was just a common name. And they said, oh, this is Jesus of Nazareth passing by. It would be like saying, oh, you know, you know Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph. Oh, you know, Jesus, the carpenter, he really builds a mean chair. Or, or perhaps, if, if they were a little bit more knowledgeable, oh, Jesus, the great teacher, is passing by. And, and if you've been around Jesus very much, you might even say, Jesus, the miracle worker. But they really, many did not understand how he got the power to do miracles. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is, for the crowd that was gathered there, for at least many of the people that were gathered there, he simply was Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. Just like today. Very few places, very few pockets in America, very few pockets, extremely limited number of pockets in Harrisburg. Maybe none. If I was to say the name Jesus, oh yeah, I've heard of him. I've heard of Jesus. But to so many people, the name Jesus is many different things. For some, it's a curse word. For some, the only time the name Jesus passes their lips is in cursing. You hit your, your, your thumb with a hammer and out comes the name of Christ. And it has nothing to do with worship. For some, it's the baby as you saw. And certainly he was God in the flesh, a baby. But, but the only time Jesus is invoked when it's Christmas time. And, and they can't equate him to Sun, Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman. And, oh yeah, Jesus' birthday. Or maybe Easter. That again, springtime, you think about it. You know, people go to church sometimes. Easter and Christmas. And you think of Easter. Oh yeah, Easter bunny, new clothes. Let's go to church. Oh, yeah, Jesus. And for many of you, some of you sitting here, and many perhaps who are listening on the radio, that's who Jesus is. 
He, he may be the founder of the Christian religion. He, he may be a historical figure that you respect a lot. But as we're going to see, Jesus is so much more. So we have him. Jesus is passing by. And, and we're going to see in just a moment. Bartimaeus has a very small window of opportunity. Because Jesus isn't standing still chatting. You know, so how's the weather today? And what do you all think about Jerusalem? And this, He is walking. And as he's going, even as a crowd swells around him, even if he's going slowly, Bartimaeus realizes that he has a small window of opportunity to do something. Let me not pause there. I don't know if you've already made a parallel or not. But some of you here today are blind. Oh, you're not physically blind. Some may well be. But you're blind to your need of Jesus Christ. Because you see, as we have heard even today, this week a person we loved and knew went into eternity. Another person we know and and people love is fixing to slip into eternity. The truth is... When that massive earthquake occurred in Japan, some call it 9 instead of 8.9, those people never knew at 2.46 in the afternoon their lives would change forever. And there's an earthquake. It could be in your life. But you're blind to your need of preparation for that earthquake. And just like Bartimaeus, you've got a small window of opportunity. I don't know. We don't know how large that window is, Tim. It could be days. It could be hours. It could be weeks. It could be months. We don't know how big the window is. But I will tell you this today. In case you are here today and you may be new to church, this church thing may be something you got this morning and said, I decided to go to church. You may be here every week. But I'm telling you what you witnessed today and I hope what you felt today in worship was something very real and very powerful. And Jesus is passing by today. He's passing by to, just like he's going to help Bartimaeus, he's passing by to help you. And I want you to know something else. If you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, in a very real way, Jesus Christ is passing by today to help you. To help with your eternal situation and to help with your temporal situation. Jesus is passing by. So that leads us then down to Bert was blind, but not mute. He could speak. And the Bible says this. So he called out. Notice Paul's there. Again, you need to go to mystudybible.com. It has a great way for you to look at some of the meaning of the Greek words. Because this word called is a very unusual word. Now, let me tell you what didn't happen. Bart wasn't sitting down by the road, okay, just sitting there, and he hears the crowd go by, and somebody says, Hey, who, who, who is that? They turn around and said, It's Jesus of Nazareth. Pipe down. Okay? When the Bible says that Bart cried out, he didn't go, Yoo-hoo! Oh, Jesus! Can you See, that's what's so cool. The word doesn't say that at all. The word means to shout as in desperation. So what you hear coming from Bart is a cry from deep inside. Because listen, here's what he knew. He knew Jesus was passing by. 
He knew Jesus was his best and only hope. He had to get the attention of the Savior if things were going to change for him. So the Bible says he cries out and notice what he says. Just like the crowd's response, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So Bart's response is very revealing. Because here's what he says. So he cried out. He cried in desperation. He hollers at the top of his lungs. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Jesus of Nazareth was not a messianic term. It did not indicate that Jesus was the Messiah. This does. This is clearly from Scripture an indication that Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus believed that Jesus is the Messiah. I don't know how he came to that conclusion. I don't know how he figured it out. But when he cries out, Son of David, that is the equivalent of when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Bartimaeus is saying, I believe Jesus. I believe you are the Christ. I believe you are the Messiah. He didn't understand all the ramifications. He didn't understand all the implications. He simply said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He recognized that Jesus was more than a carpenter. He recognized Jesus was so much more than the son of Mary and Joseph. He recognized Jesus was more than a teacher. He recognized that Jesus was more than a miracle worker. Jesus was the Messiah. And later on, he would understand even more that he was God in the flesh. And he was the son of God. And he cries out and says, would you please have mercy on me? Would you please show compassion on me? Now, I don't, you know, I don't know why or, or, or why, but the crowd, the crowd goes, be quiet. Hush up. Now, again, I don't know. In, in the Mark scripture, we have a point where Jesus calls him. The Bible says he stands up and throws his robe aside and goes to Jesus, led to Jesus. As far as we know at this point, he's still sitting cross-legged by the road. He's still crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd's saying, hush up, man. I think part of it's this. They didn't understand who was walking by. They knew Jesus the carpenter. They knew Jesus the teacher. They knew Jesus the miracle worker. But most of them, not all of them, most of them did not understand that he was the Messiah. And the one who did couldn't keep his mouth shut. Hey, church, we know who Jesus is. Reckon we ought not keep our mouth shut. Perhaps they thought you are. Now, I know, I don't know, perhaps, I'll just tell you. They thought Bartimaeus was a lowly beggar. And they didn't want the teacher, the mighty Jesus, to be disturbed. You're not, you're not, Barnabas, you are nothing but, and you never will be anything but, a lowly, blind beggar. Hush up. See, they didn't understand something we're learning. We learned over the heart series. That Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus said, it's not the well who need a doctor, but the sick. I've come to call sinners to repentance. Jesus came for people like Bart. And Jesus came for people like you. If you're here today and something's making sense, you're here today and you're going, you know what? Dwayne's right, I'm blind. 
Dwayne's right. I've never really understood who Jesus Christ is. I've never really understood my need. That without Jesus Christ, I am the enemy of God. Without Jesus Christ, I am waiting to face the total wrath of God. Without Jesus Christ, my life is hopeless and purposeless. Purposelessness. Bartimaeus knew. So when they said, be quiet, what did he do? He cried the more. Basically, let me translate that for you from the Greek. Y'all think I was loud then? Listen to this. Literal Greek. No. Just made that up. He hollers the more. Jesus, son of David. Doesn't change the message. Son of David, have mercy on me. Man, I'll tell you something. He couldn't see, but he could hear, and he could sure shout. So that leads us then. Bert was blind, but not uncertain. Now, this is great. Watch this. Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. Hmm. Can I ask you a question? Now, keep in mind, this is probably the week before the crucifixion. Okay? And just a couple more scriptures down the road, we're going to see Jesus making the triumphal entry on Sunday to be crucified on Friday. So this is about a week before that week. Now, Jesus, being God, knows full well what he's facing. It's not going to be a surprise to him. He understands that he's going to, he told the boys, he said, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be tried, they're going to beat me within an inch of my life, They're going to take me and hang me on a cross, and I'm going to die. He knew what was coming. He knew the full wrath that he'd have to face, but he also understood the physical agony that he was about to face. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you be a little preoccupied? I mean, would you be a little preoccupied? Can I speak for all of us? Yes, you would. If you're facing surgery on Tuesday, and you're here today, chances are, you know what you're thinking about? Surgery on Tuesday. If you're facing something on Friday that's not going to be pleasant, what are you thinking about? Friday. But we see this incredible man, God-man, named Jesus Christ. And we see him as he's walking along and over the din of the crowd, people going, wow, it's Jesus, whoa, Jesus, yay, Jesus, all that church stuff. He hears something. And his ear tunes into that something. And what he hears is the cry of a man who knows who he is and knows he needs Jesus. Music to the Savior's ears. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stops and says, bring him to me. I love because Mark says this. The same ones who said, be quiet, now say, oh, he's wanting you. Be encouraged. So they take Bartimaeus to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in verse 40, when he drew near, he asked him. He, capital H, Jesus asked him. What do you want me to do for you? Now, first off, you say, well, that's a dumb question. No, it's not. Jesus wanted to make sure that Bart understood what his need was. I mean, let's face it. Some of you come to my office and say, I need to get saved. Well, why do you need to get saved for? Because my marriage is dying. That's not a real good reason to get saved. 
You may need to get saved, but that's not the number. I, I need to get saved. Why do you get saved for? Because I'm facing surgery. See, the reason you get saved is, is because you acknowledge that you sinned against holy God. And that you will die and spend hell in hell separated, experiencing the wrath of God separated from God. And a willingness to turn away from that sin and change, allow God to change your life. That's why you get saved. So he wanted to make sure Barnabas wasn't going to say, well, Lord, you know, life is pretty hard. Could you give me a little help in the lottery? I got a feeling if I had a few hundred dollars in the bank, my life would be better. We do the same thing. My life is a mess. I'm going to start going to church. My life's a mess. I'm going to quit something or start something. Or perhaps he said, you know, Lord, I understand that they have dogs. And they train these dogs to lead me around. If I had me one of those dogs, I wouldn't be sitting here. At least I could go somewhere. He wanted to make sure Bartimaeus understood what he wanted done. Jesus knew. He wanted to make sure Bart knew. Now, I want to tell you something very clear. If you're here today and you have never experienced the wonderful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I don't know how to de-church it too much, but if you've never experienced the life-changing power of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, you don't need church. You're welcome to come, and we'll be glad. We'll preach, and we'll sing, and we'll have a good time, but you don't need church. If you've never experienced the power of, of God in your life, there may be some things you need to quit, may improve your lifestyle, but that's not going to change your eternity. I will make it very clear. What you need today is not religion. Heaven forbid you don't need religion. You need Jesus. You desperately need the risen Son of God impacting your life, receiving His forgiveness. So Jesus says, so what do you want me to do for you? And here's what He said. Lord, He said, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. Very specifically. He knew exactly what he wanted God to do for him. I want to see. The real power of those five words or six words is in the word Lord. From the Greek, it translates supreme authority. And then dot, dot, as in God. Somehow, some way, this blind man could see what the seeing people were blind to. That the man in their midst was the living son of God. And as that, he says, God, I want to see. Dr. Bennett probably couldn't help me. A pair of contacts won't help me. What I need done, only God can do. And friend, what you need done today, no preacher... Come on now. No church. No denomination. No amount of emotion. No quitting this or starting that. No getting sprinkled and getting dry cleaned or dunked and getting wet. Can do it. God, what I need done in my life today, only you can do it. And Jesus, I want to see. Well, Dwayne, why do you think he was, why didn't he say like he needed to be saved? Because he already confessed Jesus is the Messiah. 
That, I believe that was done. I'm going to confirm it for you in just a minute. That's done. He had a need in front of him. I need to see. So Jesus said this. Verse 42. Receive your sight. Now what's really cool. If I, if I saw it right. Now, this is the Holman Christian Standard. I'm not sure what translation you got. But there should be some words proceeding. Receive your. That is not as best I can tell in the original Greek. What is in the original Greek is the word sight. You know what it means? Look up. Look up. Lord, I want to see. Look up. Your faith has been acted upon. Come on now. Come on. In one simple Greek word, Jesus says, done. That's the power of God. That's the power of the Savior we worship. That's the power of the God that we pray to. That's the power of the God we need to be depending on. Come on. Come on. Look up. I, it's funny. The Greek doesn't say look down. He didn't say, look around. He says, look up. Dwayne, why look up? Because that's where our hope is. In this world of craziness with 8.9 earthquakes and unemployment out of the sight, gas approaching $5, that's not that important, but it sounds good. $5 a gallon gas where, where people are sick and hurting. Look up. Your help is not around. Your help is not down. Your help is up. It's not in a denomination. It's not in church. It's not in changing habits. Look up. Your redemption, your help, your hope draweth nigh. Look up. Now watch this. Then Jesus says these words. Jesus told him, Your faith has healed you. The word faith means conviction. Conviction. A belief. A strong belief. Your conviction, and then it said dot, 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 especially concerning Jesus Christ. Your conviction about who I am has healed you. And the word healed there means to make whole and to Save. Come on now. Come on, Baptist. Your faith in who I am has made you whole. It has saved you. Hmm. Now that will get your motor going. See, Jesus knew what he needed more than he knew what he needed. He had a belief in Jesus, and Jesus affirming the fact. I want you to know something. Your exercise of faith proves. And you know what the Bible says about Abraham? He believed God, and it was counted as righteousness. For by grace you have been saved. Come on, Bible scholars. Through faith. Say faith. Faith. Not that of yours. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should bow. Jesus says, man, look up. Your conviction that I am the Messiah, the Son of God, has saved 
you. Hath made you whole and complete. Woo! That is what God does for us. For me, it was 36 years ago. For some of you, it was just a couple weeks ago. A young man recently professed Christ. For some of you, it was a year ago. But that day, when you expressed your belief that Jesus is the Son of God, And that He came and He died a substitutionary death for you on the cross. That they buried Him. And on the third day, come on now. And on the third day, He resurrected. He came back to life. Yeah, come on. Come on. He, he, listen, He didn't talk it. He didn't talk it. He did it. He didn't have to have. Lazarus had to have somebody raise Him up. Jesus said, I can get the job done through the Father's power. On the third day, he resurrected, and he's coming back. Jesus says today, if you'll believe, I can make you whole. If you'll believe, I can get you off the roadside begging in the dust and give you real purpose in life. Well, Dwayne, will God give me a job? I don't know. This ain't about you getting a job. This is about you not experiencing the wrath of God. Well, Dwayne, will God save my marriage? I don't know. But it's not about your marriage. It's about you not experiencing the wrath of God. Well, Dwayne, Dwayne, will I make A's in school? I don't know. It's not about that. It's about you not experiencing the wrath of God because of Jesus Christ and what He did. Wow. Wow. How many of y'all can say amen? Oh, Bart wasn't the same now. Come on, Bart wasn't the same anymore. And look what lasts there. Look, blind Bart was no longer blind. And no longer the same. See, you can't meet Jesus remain the same. Come on, deacons. You can't meet Jesus remain the same. When you bump into Jesus, He changes you. He doesn't make you perfect, but He changes you. Look what the Bible says. Instantly, He could see. He didn't even say, go to church five times in a row and then we'll let you see about sin. He didn't say get baptized and then you can see. Instantly, he could see. Bam. Done. And the Bible says, and, say and. Connected, God worked in his life and. God worked in his life and he began to follow him glorifying God. Woo! He began to follow him. Now, now this is cool, because again, before he was a beggar, okay, by the roadside, eating dirt, he gets his sight back, and he instantly, what he saw by faith, he now sees with physical eyes, and he gets up and says, well, I don't know about you boys, but I'm following him. And he begins to follow Jesus. Now, I'm speculating here, and I'll admit I'm speculating, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't think he followed him for two weeks. I don't think he followed him for three years. I think he became a Jesus follower. And I think he became the first century Fanny Crosby. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And he started glorifying God. He became a worshiper, David. Became a worshiper. He finally fulfilled. Now listen, Baptists, Methodists, Catholics, Pentecostal, 
Presbyterian, non-denominationals. Anybody else wants to go in the pot? He finally began to fulfill the purpose for which he was created. We are created to worship. The old song goes, everybody's worshiping something. My question is, are you worshiping the someone? Holy God. And he glorifies him. Glorifies him. Got a story to tell. Can't keep quiet. Got to let them know what Jesus done. And it rubbed off on some people. And the Bible says... All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. When God works, people praise God. When we allow God to work, people praise God. See, what's lacking in our witness to the world is Jesus. They're seeing a whole lot of Southern Baptists, and a whole lot of windy preachers, and a whole lot of this, a whole lot of that. We've got to show them Jesus. Because when Jesus does his thing, God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Sure does. So what would you do? What would you do or what have you done? What would you do if you're sitting by the side of the road one day and you're eating dust and, 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 the, and the Messiah calls you and says, What do you want from me, Lord, uh, source of authority? I want to see. Okay, boom, boom, instantly you can see. We'd be tempted to go, whole lot of world to see. See you, Jesus. Got grandkids to see. Got places to go. I got things I've never seen before. All that paled to want to be with Jesus. And that's how it all be with us. Amen? Jesus is not a sideshow. He's the main attraction. Jesus becomes the sun. And we're that one Pluto way out there if it's still a planet or not. Way out there. He is. At best, we're the moon reflecting his light. There's another fellow. This fellow's name was John Newton. John Newton lived back in the 1800s. He was mean as a snake. He owned a slave ship. And he went to Africa and would bring slaves back to America to be imprisoned. He did not care how many of them died on the journey because there's always more. He saw human beings as a commodity and nothing more. And one day the story goes that he bargained with God a little bit and said, there's a terrible storm. He said, God, if you'll see me through the storm, I will serve you the rest of my life. God saw him through the storm and God, he served God the rest of his life. And he wrote a tune that's not very familiar. He wrote a tune that's not very familiar. That goes something like this. You sing it with me. Amazing. Come on now. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me, I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, 
but now I see. And like Fanny Crosby, and like old Bart, John Newton was never the same again. And the same Jesus that touched Fanny Crosby, and the same Jesus that touched Blind Bart, and the same Jesus that touched John Newton, wants to touch your life today. Would you bow your heads right there where you are? Jesus said to a tax collector one day, he said, follow me. I suppose there's all kinds of ramifications, and, and I can kind of help that a little bit today. But if you're here today, and you have never experienced that amazing grace, grace simply means that you get something you don't deserve. In this case, it's God's unmerited favor. God's favor. You go from the wrath of God to the love of God. You go from hell to heaven. You go from hopeless to hope. You go to no peace to knowing peace. I can't promise you pink Cadillacs. I can't promise you a job. I can promise you you'll never be the same. And you'll become the object of God's immense, immense love in a very personal and real way today. Follow me. What does that mean? Well, I think it'd be safe to say it means believing. It believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He was born, He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, not as a martyr, and He wasn't murdered. He willingly gave His life up for people like you and me who need a Savior. I think it means believing that. I believe it means that He was buried. And on the third day, He proved that he was the Son of God by coming back to life again. And he lives today. I think it somehow involves, just like when Matthew said, when Jesus said, follow me, he left everything behind. I think it means leaving everything behind. Your past life. That stuff. It means turning away from that and choosing to follow after God. Choosing to follow Jesus. And I share with that young man who got saved in my office a couple of weeks ago. Not, not when you're just 11 or 12. When you're 16, when it's harder, when you've got your driver's license. It, 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 means, it means when you're 21 in college. It means when you're 28 in the prime of your life and there's so many temptations to do life. And it means when you're older. Following Jesus. If you've never done that today, we will invite you to. We will give you that opportunity. I don't, I don't think a prayer is necessary, necessary, but it sure is a way we can tell God what we Ask Him to do. I'd like to lead us in a prayer this morning. And if you've never asked Jesus Christ to do that, stay in your belief in Him and your desire to follow Him as He calls you today. Would you pray this prayer? Mean it in your heart. I mean, if you want to mean it in your heart, don't just pray the prayer because there's no power in a prayer. It's your belief in who Jesus is and your desire to follow Him as He says, follow me. You don't need to pray it out loud, but you need to pray with all your heart. I'll lead us. Dear Jesus, today I know that I'm a sinner. And God, I know that I've offended you with my actions in my life. But today I believe that Jesus is your son. And that he lived, he died, he was buried, and now he's come back to life today. And I believe he has the power 
to change my life. Jesus, I turn from my sin, of which I am sorry. And starting today, this moment, this hour, I choose to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing this prayer. Never head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, please. Is there someone here today said, Dwayne, I prayed that prayer with you and I'm in it with my heart. I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Would you raise your hand up today? Amen. God bless you too down here. God bless you. God bless you. Any others? Dwayne, I prayed that prayer today. Now, a lot of wonderful things happened in your life when you prayed that prayer. And perhaps you're on the radio listening today. A lot of things happened. You no longer are the blind man beside the road. You're now in the crowd following close to Jesus for the rest of your life. In a moment, we're going to have a time of decision. And I'm going to have Brother Brent stand down front. And today we're going to ask you to come and say, Hey, Brent, I prayed that prayer today. Just so we can celebrate with you. Because we think this is something to celebrate. To celebrate. And if you said, Dwayne, I couldn't raise my hand, but I did. You know, if you can't come and tell Brent, grab somebody after church and say, Hey, I prayed that prayer today. I asked Jesus into my life, and I began following him. Because we want to know, we want to celebrate with you. Now, Father, I thank you for the great privilege of sharing your word today. I love the stories of Jesus, how it's demonstrated a man named Bartimaeus and the great change. Father, for those who pray, we ask God you'll give them the courage to step out. And Father, for the ones who couldn't even raise their hand, we know, God, that you heard. But we pray that you'll give them the courage to tell somebody. Because God, it's so important that we share so we can celebrate. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name.